You're listening to iWolf's Season 7, Episode 4, Things to Consider Before Getting a Dog. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of iWolf's. I am Jamie Dunbar, and I'm joined as usual by my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar, and Kelly Dunbar. Why don't you two wave and say hello? I was waving already. <laughs> All right, today we're going to be talking about getting a dog. Now, I know a lot of people have gotten dogs over the past few months, and I wish we'd been filming iWolfs this whole time, because I know we have some useful advice we could have shared, but better late than never, right? So in this episode, we're going to talk about what you should think about if you're thinking about getting a dog. I've actually got a specific family in mind, which we'll talk about in a later episode. For today, I want to keep it as kind of generic and universal as possible. So, Kelly. Off the top of your head, what is the first piece of advice you would want to give to someone who's thinking about getting a dog? Let's see. If someone is thinking about getting a dog, the first thing I would ask them to do is to, well, I'd ask them why. <laughs> ask <laughs> so them, the first thing you tell them is a question. I like it. Yes, I would. I, I mean, I, I'd ask them to think about why they're getting a dog. What, 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 are, their, what are their dream goals and pictures and you know, what are they, what is the purpose of a dog? in their life what do they think the purpose of the dog is going to be in their life okay that's where i start that seems because like you know idea. yeah i mean people because I, I don't think people have often thought it through um you know it sounds like a good idea it's 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 definitely a more of a commitment to getting a new pair of shoes or um, a new you know gaming system it's a life you know it's a it's a it's a living being and um i think starting with why they want a dog can also help then guide them into what kind of dog might fit their lifestyle, whether it's, you know, uh, an active young puppy or a stuffed toy or something in between. So I always ask, I'd, I'd ask people to um, kind of explore why they want a dog. All right. What, what about you, dad? What, what would you tell or ask someone uh, who told you they're thinking um, about getting a dog? I guess two things. One, I think it, all family has to be in agreement. And so this is a family decision and you've got to um, get together to think about, you know, puppy versus adult. And of course, what type, as Kelly says, in terms of behavior or breed. And once you have an idea of the type or breed that you want to get and the age, puppy or adult, then test driving is so important. I find so many people just have these weird ideas about a dog, obviously from cartoon dogs or famous dogs on the TV, you know, like um, Lassie and Eddie. And they don't realize that Lassie was, I don't know how many dogs, seven or eight different highly trained dogs. And Eddie, the, the Jack Russell, was a, uh, he was a delinquent. He went through four trainers and exhausted them before Matilda de Cagney found him and made him the star he is. So you've got to be realistic. What is a dog? What is the dog, the breed of your choice? Test drive it. And don't test drive, well, test drive puppies and test drive adult dogs. And every member in the family should be doing this and feeling comfortable. Oh, you know, I like the ride of a Rottweiler. It comes nicely, calm, you know or I like the speed of this dog. But it applies especially to children, you know, as well as adults, if we're, we're talking family. 
What do you mean by test drive? What does a test drive look like? Oh, the, the test drive is take the dog for a walk and stop every, you know, five yards uh, in the shelter or at the breeder's kennel, or if you have a friend that's got a similar dog. So you're going to walk the dog on a leash and every 10 yards stop and ask it to sit or lie down, you know, back up, come when called and get a feel for what the dog is like. Um, that seems like something you'd do uh, pretty far along the road to get you like you'd have to have at least a breed in mind, right? Or, you know, uh, I, yeah, I, th I think that even prior to that, what you can do is start frequenting places dogs go and and, and kind of a politely asking people questions about their dog and politely asking if you can meet their dog. So, you know, if you go to pet stores, people bring their store, their stores, bring their, their dogs to pet stores, people bring their dogs to Home Depot, there are dog parks for better or worse, or just, you know, um, regular parks that people go to and you know, you don't want to harass people and be a, a stalker, but you can certainly polite, make a polite conversation and ask if you can pet a dog or even just ask you a little bit about their breed or ask what kind of breed that they've got and um, you get feedback that way. That's probably um, a good way to start and or volunteering at a shelter um, or frequenting a shelter, you know, on a regular basis, going in and um, handing out treats if the shelter allows. So you can be doing some classical conditioning and helping the dogs there uh, acclimate and, and learn about, you know, all sorts of different kinds of people while you get to look at all sorts of kinds of different dogs. Keeping in mind though that at, at a shelter, a dog uh, behind a kennel door that's been you know, confined for a long time is not necessarily going to represent, best represent, you know, um, the, the breed or the behavior um, but, you know, if you're volunteering, you get to know these dogs a little more intimately and then you do get to see a bigger, you know, more holistic picture of what certain breed types might be like. I yeah. think also I a shelter is, sorry, Jamie, I just started talking because I thought you might go back to Kelly instead of me again. And I've got two things in my brain I must talk about. Otherwise, my day will be incomplete and ruined. Um, so... <laughs> I, I'm great, a great one in favor of advice uh, that you get from shelters and from dog owners. I find this is a lot more useful than breed books and often breeders because we're so biased, you know, whatever the, the, the breed, this is the best breed in the world, you know, wonderful with children and all this. But when you talk to people in a park, how easy was it to train? Can you show me how it works? You know, how I can get it to come and sit. Um, and then asking what were the bigger problems? I find people are much more forthcoming, forthcoming about the problems they've had. With the, the shelter thing, it really depends on the shelter. And this is a good opportunity to find a good shelter to support. And I pretty much classify shelters into two types. One that has a behavior, a vibrant behavior and training program using lots and lots of volunteers. So that when you go, you can actually get to work some of the dogs as opposed to shelters that have very few volunteers and dogs are just locked in cages and you're not allowed to handle them or, or, or test drive them. Yeah. Yeah. I think one nice thing about um, dogs is they, I think people when they have dogs are much more open to polite inquiries from other people asking about their dogs. You know, like people are usually friendly and happy to talk about their dogs. And so that's something you can take advantage people of. Like to talk. 
uh, about their dogs, but never just assume you can pet a dog or that you can go up and touch them. You may have your entire conversation without ever touching the dog that you're that you're inquiring about, and that's okay. Um, you know, it might be that might be the kind of information you need to know about that breed or, or personality type as well. But yeah, I think it's it's important to explore what kind of dog you might like to have and so why you might like to have a dog. Going back to what you first said, Kelly, um, have you talked now to a few people who have expressed an interest in getting a dog and you've asked them why they're getting a dog? What sort of things have you heard from people of, uh, as the answer to that question? Are they surprised when you ask that? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, people I think are surprised because they haven't, because they haven't given it any thought really. You know, like, why? Because I want a dog, it'd be nice. That's not an answer. And what, what, would, what would be nice getting up and cleaning poop out of a crate in the middle of the night, you know, um, having to come home every day after work and not stop up at the, the bar or the park or go for a pickup game of basketball because you've got to run home to your puppy. I, you know, um, what would, what would be nice about it? I mean, it, it, not sleeping in anymore, having to get up. I mean, I like all those things that, that keep me going, um, you know, or they're worth it. Some of the things aren't nice, but are worth it. I don't like poopy crates. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, people haven't haven't thought about it, and then you get the people sometimes that you know think. I mean, we're, you know, humans are human centric and a little uh, selfish sometimes, self centered, I should say, and so it's all about you know what what they would like. Well, they'd like to go to, they'd like to go on hikes once a week. Well, well you know, dogs going to require that. You know, well, I hike sometimes. It'd be fun to have a buddy, or I want someone to guard the house, or I want you know someone to. You know, keep an eye on things in the yard so my packages don't get stolen. You'd even get answers like that. And, you know, um, I think people, you know, really do have to explore what they're looking for. I'd love to get a dog for my kids. And then you see, you meet the kids and I swear the kids are afraid of dogs. You know, I know a family right now that wants to get a dog. And um, one of the children, one of the two children is terrified of dogs, you know, and they figure she'll get over it. But like that's setting up for failure. Like who wants who wants dog at that point? So that goes along with what Ian said. Everybody has to be in agreement, you know. But um, I do think people are surprised because they really haven't given it any thought. And um, <clears throat> and companionship is a valid reason to get a dog for sure. But um, you know, it's a, it's a two way street, and I think just opening up that dialogue helps people really um, start to explore the challenges and responsibilities of dog ownership as well. Seems like it's probably very important to consider things if you're getting a dog to kind of solve a problem you have. You know, like if you think the dog is gonna like help yeah. you in some way, um, that's probably worth reconsidering. What about you, Dad? Do you ever have this conversation with people? Um, yeah, I like to do it from <clears throat> a very um, anthropocentric way and uh, going into you know what is that individual lifestyle and I say what sort of things do you like doing give me go through your day hour by hour and then I say well for each one pros and cons um, you you like uh, waking up early cool uh, so you can get up and take your dog out and help him empty his bladder because that's kind of pressing early in the morning uh, uh -huh. right? yeah no pun, no pun intended um and uh, as Kelly says, all aspects of their lifestyles, how a dog could facilitate and improve that for you, or how that would be a pain, and you're going to discover that later on. So the main thing is just to get them to think 
about it because they, they haven't, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how little thought people have put into it. They just say, oh, let's get a dog because don't, don't we do that? Um, I, I remember Jamie years ago, I was, uh, we had this discussion about, um, well, we're thinking of getting a puppy. I said, a puppy? Why do you want a puppy, Jamie? And as your landlord, I was going to think, no, puppies here. And then you said, well, you know, we were thinking maybe starting a family and, and don't you practice on puppies? Not one of my puppies, you don't? No. You know, and I think I said, I think you would just be a wonderful parent just off the bat, like you were made to be a parent. I don't think, though, you were made to be a dog owner yet. Now I yeah. think you're ready for it, Jamie. Years, this is now so 10 years old. I, I practiced on babies and now I'm ready to get a puppy. Now you're ready for a dog. Yeah. No, I, it, I'm sorry, but that is absolutely true, isn't it, Kelly? You will agree with me here. He, he did pra we didn't really practice on the children, but now dogs become more second nature to him. Okay, so besides um, not kind of anticipating uh, the reality of what a dog will mean for someone's life, uh, Kelly, what, what kind of mistakes do you think people make when they uh, go to get a dog? Uh, well, I just really, I mean, the, the main mistake is <clears throat> getting a mismatch, doing it, doing it on the fly. You know, going back to the same, harping on the same thing here. If you haven't given it much thought, most people really literally just go out and then on impulse find a cute dog and decide this is the day we're getting a dog, whether they'd ever really thought about it or not and what that leads to often is a mismatch you know if you haven't um, done the research in any way like that Ian has described and you're figuring out what kind of breed you want or your lifestyle that you want that would fit you best you're going to just choose the cutest dog you see or the dog that happens to be available the day you have a three-day weekend or a holiday and you know, that can be a really a really bad match so um you know you you can't People go by cuteness, and you've said this before. What is it? Cuteness, color, confirmate, coat color, coat confirmation, color confirmation, and cuteness. And you know, it's it's not the way to go. I mean, of course, you should be attracted to your puppy or adult dog that you adopt or buy, but um, you know, it, it, you you can't just just don't do it on impulse. Don't do it on the fly, and don't just let looks pretty. Don't don't be wooed by just a pretty face. That's what I'd say. That's yeah, cuteness can be a, a real killer because uh, you, we just get totally duped by it. And I think um, it's so important they realize um, the, the puppy requires an education. So many people have this view. All they have to do is choose the breed, go to a breeder, buy a puppy, and magically the dog will become Lassie or or Eddie or, or what have you. No, it requires training. And so getting them to talk about what they're gonna teach the dog, I think um, is important or getting them to think about it. So what you're gonna teach in the first week to make sure they know what, we've got to get this dog house trained and at least going on cue so we can take it to the right area and tell it to go. And we got to get it chew toy trained to get it to be calmer and bark less, you know, and that socialization can actually wait a couple of weeks, but then we got to socialize it. The house should be like Grand Central Station, 
you know, with people coming and it's safe socialization, safe for dogs and safe for people. So they just have this view that a dog comes ready-made, which could be true if you were selecting or choosing an adult dog. It, it, it pretty much is a done deal. Your job is to get to know it better. But with a puppy, it's nowhere near close yet. This puppy could turn out to be the best dog in the world or your biggest nightmare, all depending on you. Like today, I was writing a chapter in my book and it was about dogs are individuals. And it goes through all, who are the major players in creating an individual dog? Obviously, you know, natural selection created dogs, selective breeding created your breed. Then we got the effects of experience. And all of the major effects of experience, whether they be social heredity or they be, um, Oh, early socialization, enriched environment are all controlled by you. So basically the, the breeding of the dogs provides you with a template, a big slab of granite. And out of this, you're going to sculpt and mold the dog of your dreams. But it's you that makes the dog. And when we look at, you know, what are the biggest variables that influence the dogs? adult behavior, temperament, and training, um, it's the owner. And uh, you, you, cannot, you pick a dog of any breed. I've always said this, let's compare Malamutes and Goldens. They're different. The Malamutes are Malamute, the Goldens are Golden. But that difference between Malamute and Goldens is like this. What's the difference between a socialized Golden and an unsocialized one? What's the difference between a socialized Malamute and a trained Malamute and an unsocialized one? It, it's enormous. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about breed or type. The biggest difference was it's socialization and education, which all depends on the owner. So are you prepared to go? Have you downloaded our free books? Have you gone on to, I mean, we had a couple of people on the Top Dog Academy that hadn't even got their puppy yet. They've come on to learn beforehand. And I just thought, oh, well done. That's marvelous. You're doing the right thing rather than coming to us when you've got a problem. Yeah, Dad, I'm a, I'm a little surprised you have yet to mention the book you wrote called Before You Get Your Puppy or After You Get Your Puppy. Uh, well, I mentioned it, but not by name. Ah, yes. Well, you got to yeah. tell people the name so they can find it. They should read before you get your puppy and after you get your puppy. And they're available from all of our websites for free. Right. Not just, you know, the Dunbar Academy, but I think also, every website we've had, we've <laughs> been given away the books. And also, uh, even if you're not thinking about getting a puppy per se, maybe you're adopting a, a, a dog from a shelter. There's lots of wonderful information in these books. It's not, you know, it's not lots of, it's virtually identical. You just read the book, cross out everywhere it says puppy and write adult dog. And the, the protocols are the same. The length of time it would take to implement them is a, a bit different. Sometimes training an adult dog is quicker, like say house training, um, because the, the puppy has constraints mental and physical on being housebroken. He's got a tiny bladder and he's got a tiny brain, you know, whereas an adult dog can learn it in two to three or four days. Whereas other stuff will take longer in an adult dog, like, like habits that have become fixated. 
But the way you do it is, is essentially the same. You know, teach the dog what you want him to do, reward him for doing it, reward good behavior, reward when bad behavior stops. All of these fun reward training techniques is the same with puppy or adult. Okay, I have one last, uh, I think, big kind of picture question that's kind of universal, I think, for a lot of people who are thinking about getting a dog. And that is, what should people know about, you know, whether they should get a puppy or they should look to adopt a dog from a shelter? Uh, Kelly, you want to start us off? Okay, well, um, I mean, we can get a puppy or an adult dog from a shelter, but whether you should get an adult dog or a puppy <laughs> probably has to do with, um, I guess your schedule and your availability would be a big one and maybe your tolerance for for training. Um, I mean, you're gonna have to train any dog and acclimate any dog or puppy that comes into your home. But um, if you if you have a, a very busy lifestyle and schedule, you probably don't wanna get a dog that's under two years old. You know, if you do work, I don't think people who, who have nine to five jobs can't have dogs, but um, it's unless you have resources and support network with do to have somebody take care of your puppy while you're not home, you know, you should probably get an, an older dog um, that can hold it a little longer and is more chill during the day. Uh, puppies sleep a lot, but they need a lot of, they, they wake up frequently and they need breaks frequently. And adolescent dogs need a lot of exercise and a lot of management and direction. So if you can, if you don't feel like you're gonna have the time, resources or support network to um, to raise a young dog, then I would say look into adult dogs, two, three, four, five. There are some wonderful adult dogs out there that are, you know, as Ian said, practically ready-made to go um, and, and you can find the right match. So, um, you know, I, I think it goes to support. It takes a village to raise a puppy. So, you know, if you don't have a village or a lot of funds and free time and maybe get, a, maybe get an adult dog. I think adult dogs are really good for first-time owners too. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's it is it tends to be easier if you choose wisely, and you know, choose a dog the way you would choose a, a mate, not based on cuteness, but maybe the way you would be picky when you're swiping through some kind of app or something, and yeah. uh, you know, take your time and pick the right one. Yeah, I do think we might right now be kind of living through a special time in the history of. <laughs> dogs with the pandemic i think a lot of uh a lot of shelters you know adopted out a ton of dogs at the beginning of the pandemic and i think there weren't as many uh shelter dogs available i think probably we're going to start seeing the opposite as uh some absolutely return to shelters and now you know it might be easier to find a dog in a shelter now than it was in the past few months but um absolutely it's already happening yeah, yeah. dad do you have any uh, uh considerations for people in terms of Puppy yeah, or I mean, dog? I, I totally go with Kelly. Um, I think with uh, an adult dog, it's selection, 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 selection. You know, the right dog is out there for you somewhere. So look at lots. Don't just go and say, we like this dog because he's sitting going, Meh. you know, and he's looking cute. You know, selection, selection. Look at lots of dogs and you, you have to at least work it you you have to test drive it for an adult dog but then what you're getting is by and large much more fixed than in a puppy with a puppy as kelly said you don't necessarily need the time commitment but you've got to have the creativity so that you can get other people to do it and help you out 
like that your neighbor comes around twice in the daytime to let your puppy out, play with him with a tennis ball, exhaust him, put him back in with a stuffed chew toy. Because the same way that it, with adult dogs, it's selection, 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 choose the right ready-made dog for you. With puppies, it's training, 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 and training. And it's going to take someone a lot of time to train the puppy and not to do that is, I think, cruel. It's, it's cruel to waste a puppy's brain, you know? So you've got to think beforehand, do I have the time or the village, as Kelly says, to give this puppy the education, not only that he needs or she needs, but they deserve. And not to do so is not right. I mean, where do we think shelter dogs came from? They were all puppies once that didn't get the education they should have got. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so obviously the amount of time is, is kind of spread out a lot throughout the course of a day. But if you guys wanted to kind of estimate how many hours does your puppy, would a new puppy need in that first week at home, those first three months, you know, like hourly commitment a week, just to give people a general idea. A puppy? I would... A young puppy, I, I yeah, like say. getting a bringing you know eight week or twelve week home old uh, puppy home. I would just say it's one hundred percent of the time commitment. If you've got a new puppy, someone has to be awake in the house for most of the time, and so this, of course, is a wonderful business opportunity in today's too fast world. If you get a puppy, why don't you offer everyone else in the community that you can raise their puppy too? If you're raising one, you may as well be raising three or four at the same time and um, charging them a couple of grand for the service. Oh, it, yeah. is, <laughs> it is a huge time. So Ian says it's 140 hour, it's 140 hour a week commitment, but also a major, a major investment opportunity. Hey, Laz, here. I almost called him Ian. Um, no, uh, no, leave the puppy raising, multiple puppy raising thing to professionals, please. Do not just randomly start a business <laughs> raising people's puppies. Um, but, it, and it is not easier to have one pup, multiple puppies than it is to have one puppy. It's double, triple, quadruple the work. So I'm going to have to say no, 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 and all that. I take that back. Uh, I, I recant. As someone who has a ton of puppies in her house professionally and does get paid well to do it and gets very little sleep and spends literally all day doing that um kind of thing it's it's it's, it's a big commitment but I, I do agree with in that 100 percent of the time i mean obviously you need to sleep but you don't get a lot of sleep i have two puppies right now that are um, 11 weeks old and um you know they go out last potties around 11 p.m and by 6 p.m we're and this is you know three weeks in you know now we're they're sleeping from 11 to 6 if i'm lucky and um you know through the night but you know, then you're up and then you're up and then you're running and then you fit your life in, in between puppy breaks, basically, which are nonstop all day and all night. They don't, you know, you don't get weekends off. You don't get holidays. You don't get overtime. <laughs> you have a puppy. But, and if you need to go somewhere, you take your puppy or you don't go. Right. But I think it's time. very important to um, consider the needs and feelings of the puppy and the needs and feelings of the person. So we have to realize this puppy has just been pulled away from mum and his little mates. You know, he's a little scared, he's worried, he's sometimes freaked out. Now the needs and feelings of the people 
What we want is peace of the household mm -hmm. and a happy puppy. So to me, the major impetus of puppy raising is teaching the puppy to stand on his own four paws and gradually getting used to, and then growing to enjoy time spent on his own, because that's the fact of life, that many people work and the puppy is at home for a lot of the day. And so that's where a very simple and straightforward crate training routine, which is in the free downloadable books before you get your puppy and after you get your puppy, is so important to teach the puppy to enjoy confinement. I mean, we have a little puppy here now. He's been, oh, I don't know how many weeks he's been here, but now his crate is there in the den, you know, where we all sit. And some dogs are on the couch, some on the floor. Every evening, the puppy voluntarily goes in and lies down in his crate where his bed is and the door is always open. So it's cool. I know he's right here on my left-hand side and one puppy's there, one puppy there and so on. One adult dog rather. And so we're trying to teach the dog to enjoy these moments on its own. And an open crate door to me is proof pudding. This worked. Now you know that if you do want to go out to dinner with someone, your puppy's gonna be cool for an hour. And then eventually, two hours until eventually we build it up that we can work. And this dog is doing what all dogs do, sleeping primarily throughout the day. Occasionally waking because up, they're relaxed and noise. I beg your pardon? Because they're relaxed and confident. Yeah. You've done your alone time yeah. properly. Dogs do need to sleep a lot. And if they're relaxed and confident, they're gonna just chill out when you're not home, right? And when they wake up, so. they look around and fall asleep immediately. They don't wake up and activate. And this is the great kindness I think we can give to puppies, the confidence. It's okay to be on your own. Because if they feel confident, they're gonna sleep and they're so happy to sleep. So it seems to me like uh, a really good piece of advice for someone getting a puppy would be to really try and take a solid week off of work. You know, like someone, someone's gonna need to be at home Right. So someone would have to be working from home or something like that. But even then, being able to really dedicate yourself for at least the first week, 10 days will then set you up to where hopefully your puppy's learning to be confident, you know, sleeping more, relaxed at home. And you could then begin to wean and kind of gradually get back to accomplishing some work. Well, home schedule. It'll take a lot more than a week if you have a young puppy for them to be able to hold it long enough for you to have any kind of normal normality in your schedule. Um, you know, the first, if you bring home a puppy at eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, you're looking at probably two months worth, six to eight weeks worth of very frequent interruptions and, and very short outings without, uh, you know, stopping in for a puppy potty stretch and play at some point, um, you know, the good news is by the time they're about six months of age, most puppies can hold it long enough for you to get back to some normalcy. So again, it goes back to needing, probably needing some help or staggering schedules of people in the house or having friends or neighbors come over or taking your puppy with you if you can, you know, lots of places. I take puppies all over the place so they get to learn and about the world and see things. You know, going, I need to go to Home Depot and then I need to stop at this store and then I need to go to the nursery. Like, well, you know, get a little puppy bag and off we go, we're going, you know, and then they get to go with you. And that's, um, they'll sleep when they need to sleep. They'll wake up and be in a new environment and smell and see and hear all these new things. 
Maybe they come out for a little while, meet a few people, go back in their bag. We will go on with our day. It's win-win. So you have to, you do have to be creative and so that you have to be creative and, and, um, and just be prepared for your life to be dis- disrupted, but in the most pleasant way, really, for a little while. Right. It seems like. And if people are so concerned about how much time it's going to take before they can have a normal life and not have to worry about this kind of thing, well, then there's your answer. Maybe you don't need a puppy. Maybe, <laughs> you know, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, if you're looking constantly looking like ways to like hack the system and make it as, in, as, um, huh. you know, as dis, um, um, not uninterrupted as possible, then maybe it's not the time or maybe look because they're an adult dog or cat or guinea pig. Least invasive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm just trying to strike a balance where like, I think if the answer for people is you need 100% of your time for three months, that there's very, very few people in the world today who could get a, pu- you know, who could follow that advice and get a puppy. And I think that there must be some you know, like that seems a little extreme, but I understand what you're well, saying. And there are ways. Yeah, I mean, it's so. I mean, those are both extremes, right? You know, I, but um, you know, there are. I mean, you're not going to spend 100 percent of your time, and it wouldn't even behoove your puppy for you to spend 100 percent of your time with them because then they don't learn their alone time. But for a very short period of time, it is it is almost around the clock, and that would be the first week or two. Um, where there's a lot of interruptions, a lot of time. Um, you know, there's also outdoor kennels if you can get a nice kennel system that is clean i mean you don't leave a baby puppy outside for a long time but there are pens there are kennels you know where you can indoor outdoor run kind of things where if you had to leave for a few extra hours you could do so you can do an indoor toilet so the puppy at least has a potty area i mean there are different setups you can consider that can make it more realistic to do if you have a, a full a full schedule but you know dogs are social animals and as ian said puppies have just come away from their family and you don't want to suddenly you know, get a puppy and then you know two days later have to go back to an eight-hour day and expect this puppy to be alone. That's super stressful, and you're setting you'll be setting your puppy and yourself up for a lot of failure. So um, it's a lot of work up front. But the good news is dogs are much faster to raise than children, and they become young adults pretty quickly and responsible adults pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then you can, <laughs> and they don't go to college, so yeah. it's you know you can put some of that money towards some good dog um, dog walker and training and stuff. Really and, good college, um, but they should know, go to their training classes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Put some I, of little money aside for that, I and think, then you've got a dog that you know. Sorry, and you've got a dog. <laughs> If you invest in that first year, you know, fully and wholeheartedly, you pretty much then got a young adult dog that is hopefully well adjusted and decently trained and, and you can then kind of just roll on with, with life. And then you get that picture that you're looking for. I just take my dog out on the weekends and we go for our evening walks and they sit by my side, but you've, you've got to invest to make that happen. As Ian said, it doesn't happen automatically just because you got the right breed or I think there's two things I can think of that are really helpful to make it easier and quicker. One is having another person changes Mm -hmm. the whole thing. If it's just one person, single owner with the puppy, you are going to be exhausted in the first two weeks, exhausted. You have another person and they don't have to be living with you. It could be someone, say you go to bed at nine in the evening, uh, you have a friend or a neighbor who likes to stay up till midnight. Perfect. They come around every evening at eight and you chat and then they stay up to take the puppy out for his last pee at midnight 
and you're going to wake up at some unearthly hour in the morning, like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to get up to do the first one in the morning. So having an extra person to come round in the middle of the day, late at night, you know, so you're, you're on or you're off is really helpful for your personal sanity. sanity. Two, baby steps, or I should probably say puppy steps. The, my approach here is, can I get this puppy to settle down in a crate for 40 minutes? And by giving him a, his food and a stuffed chew toy, it's by sitting with him, reading, getting him, but he's gonna be there for 45 minutes and I take him out for five, empty him out, pee and poop, play some games with him, and then put him back again with his stuffed Kong, now go for 50 minutes. And then eventually for 60. From then on, I want him on an hourly schedule. So I know now I can probably, within a few days, be able to work for 50 minutes or concentrate. But then 10 minutes devoted to the puppy. Get him out the crate, uh, DP, deep poop, play, 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 tire him out, cute, hug, stroke, back in the crate with the chew toy again. And then as he gets older, this one hour will increase to an hour and 15, you know, hour and 30 minutes, then two hours, then three, then eventually four and so on. And now, you know, you can say to the dog, okay, you know, we get up in the morning, we run around, I thoroughly exhaust you, we have a great time, then in the crate, now sleep. And, and this, we want to as quickly as possible approximate the, the dog's normal crepuscular way, that I sleep all night, I wake up in the morning and I want ballistic activity for about an hour, hour and a half. And then when I fed and I'm tired, I'm now pretty keen on sleeping till 4 p.m. I may wake up and, you know, then fall asleep again. But then at 4 p.m. I have another activity blast for about two hours. And then I'm happy to sit on the couch with you all evening. I won't move. And then when you say bedtime and we go out and pee, then I'm happy to sleep all night long. So that is the goal to go from baby steps, puppy steps, 40 minutes in the crate up until where the dog can now do it for most of the middle of the day and the night. And so now we're down to two, you know, really important high activity periods when we need games and training and fun or long walks and, and, and so projects and stuff yeah um dogs do sleep 16 18 hours a day easily uh, rest i should say maybe not, maybe not dead asleep but um you know they don't need and puppies even more more like 18 to 20 hours a day so um you know resting chilling chewing instead of being active um there are some breeds of course and some personalities or that's not necessarily true and but mostly they, they will, once they get through their adolescence, you can, you know, you get a puppy that sleeps a lot, an adolescent that really doesn't seem to need to sleep a lot. And then once they're a little older, they kind of, you know, ease back into a chill routine if you've done your, your job right. And, and if they have the right genes and the right personality and, and you know, all the, all the stars have to align. So then I think that's the answer to your initial question, Jamie, where you wanted how many minutes of the day or how many hours of the week would it be? If we have a 24 hour day, what we want to do is to just say, take um, four hours of it to take advantage of the other 20 hours when the dog's gonna be asleep. And if he's asleep in his crate or in a dog proof room with only stuffed Kongs, 
to play with and engage with when he wakes up, we now start to get there. So it's learning to be able to take advantage of the sleep time, as any parent knows. I mean, it's like as soon as a child falls asleep, they're tiptoeing around, good, Jackie now, now, you know, and they're quickly doing it. They're, they're working harder than they've ever done at an office. There's no talking around the coffee pot, you know, it's I've got to get it done, I've got to get it done. They're looking at their watch, you know, before <laughs> baby wakes up again. So I think that's the goal. Take advantage of that 20 hours. And that doesn't take you, you know, let's say four hours in the day is ample to be able to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. I hope people have enjoyed it. I think, I think we'll wrap up there for today. You guys want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Uh, oh, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, <laughs> Kelly. Yes, bye-bye. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Season 7, Episode 4 of iWoofs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening.